back. The Lucy girl is back. Sure. Treasure Entertainment is one of Ireland's leading independent production companies It has a proven record in producing commercially and critically successful films and television for Irish and international audiences. Some of the film credits include John Butler feature films, Papi Chulo, Handsome Devil, The Stag, Paddy Brannock's Oscar shortlisted Viva, BAFTA nominated Good Vibrations and John Carney's most recent feature film Flora and Son. Rob Walpole is co-founder and producer with Treasure Entertainment and he is on the phone now to talk about one of his most recent production events which is a show that is going to be on RTE this weekend every Sunday night for the next six weeks and that is Blackshore. So Rob, a very good afternoon to you and thank you for taking the time to talk to SPCR. Hi Luke, thanks for having me on. Tell us a little bit about Treasure Entertainment. Ireland has developed a reputation in more recent times in relation to film and TV. You go back 30, 40 years ago, it probably wasn't there. You've celebrated 25 years. You're, you're a co-founder of Treasure. So give us a little bit of a potted history of the company and tell us some of the stuff that you do. Well, I set the company up 25 years ago and really that was a time when there were very few people making films or television of any stripe in Ireland. You know, there was Neil Jordan and there was Jim Sheridan and that was about it. So it was kind of a slightly mad proposition Nobody really uh, could understand what we were about. Uh, but we were mad into films and mad into television. And, you know, around the time that we set the company up, um, Michael D. Higgins, I believe, uh, and now our president, uh, we established what was then the Irish Film Board. And it suddenly then began to feel like it was possible to actually build a career in film and television in Ireland. Uh, and, you know, so that kind of happened at the same time. And then the first film we made was a gangster comedy called I Went Down, which was starring uh, Brendan Gleeson. Um, that was kind of his first lead role in a film. Uh, and that did fantastically well. It sold all over the world. Um, and then we did a documentary about the boxer, Francis Barris called Southpaw, which was, you know, for a documentary, was incredibly successful. It was screened at Sundance. It was released in cinemas in America, Australia, Ireland, UK, all over the world. That kind of again gave us the platform to go for, you know, and sort of go, okay, well, you know, this looks like it's going to be easy. Of course, it never worked out as easy as your first couple of things you think, oh, that's, you know, that's been very successful. Uh, it's going to be super easy from here on in. But of course, you know, the whole idea of creating stories and telling stories to ourselves is a, is a, even to this day for me, is a complex and sort of mysterious process. Uh, and it's very hard to know what's going to work and what's not going to work. So, you know, here we are 25 years later. Some of the other things we've made that people would have seen and would be aware of, we made Smother, which is also in, uh, in Clare, in the Hinch, three seasons of that. We made a film called Man About Dog, which was uh, a kind of comedy caper with Pat Short, super successful. It was like number one at the Irish box office for six weeks. Um, and latterly, you know, we've worked with John Butler, who's uh, a writer-director who's just done a TV show in, 
in the UK with Stephen Merchant and Christopher Walken and you know, he's, he's incredibly talented and a good friend of ours. We've done three films with him, um, uh, a film called The Stag, which is again a success in the cinemas here and sold around the world. And our latest film is uh, Flora and Son from John Carney, from the mind of John Carney, who brought you Sing Street, you know, once, uh, Begin Again, Bachelor's Walk, some people may remember. Uh, we made that last year, uh, sorry, a year before last, and we also brought that to Sundance, uh, literally finished it 10 minutes before we got on the plane and uh, had its world premiere there, and it sold to Apple, um, which was incredibly gratifying because it was made for a very low budget, and uh, it was part of, there was a great bit of excitement around it because the audience reaction was absolutely uh, stupendous. And then there was kind of a bidding war, which is really rare. You know, I've been in this business for 25 years, as I said, and odd. And, you know, I've had films where there was definitely more than one company interested in buying it after its world premiere. But this was a all nice, <laughs> like, intrigue. Amazon wanted to buy it. Apple wanted to buy it. Sony wanted to buy it. It's like one of those things where you go, I could spend my whole life in this business. Yeah, uh, and financially, I'm sure I'm sure it didn't hurt neither. <laughs> well, yeah, especially, you know, when the world is such a kind of topsy-turvy place at the moment and there's so many kind of challenges in terms of inflation, interest rates, and, you know, it's a tricky time even in the television business. Um, you know, a lot of companies like Netflix are spending way less than they used to, and Channel 4 just let 250 employees go. So it's certainly an uncertain time in business generally, I would have thought, uh, but particularly in the TV business because, you know, there's just a considerable amount of, you know, restructuring and rethinking how the model would work. But, yeah, so it was great to have something like that, to have a success. To have a success, you know, never makes it automatic that anyone's going to want to do the next film that you're going to do, but... Uh, it certainly does make it a bit easier to walk into rooms if you've made a film and just sold it to Apple. Uh, it's easier to get meetings, at least, when people want to hear what story you want to tell now is, is another matter. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of the broad, potted history. And, yeah, um, our next um, project to come before audiences is Blackshore, uh, which we shot in around Killaloo and Ballina and all around. The General East Clear area. Yeah. Seen, yep. seen grainy and all around. So that starts on RT1 uh, on Sunday night at 9.30. Um, so we're really excited to to see how that goes down. You know, it's getting a good reaction so far in terms of people are reacting very strongly to the, the little promo trailers. And, you know, it feels like there's a desire to see how... Uh, this story is going to play out. But yeah, we, we had a terrific time uh, filming it, uh, you know, in, 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 a, in a part of the country that is incredibly beautiful uh, and is very little used by film or television companies. So 
you know. Well, hopefully, yeah. Rob, like a lot of things that you have done in your career, you seem to be the first on the go, and hopefully you'll be the first of many to come to East Clare. As you said, we, we have a lot to offer. Now, listen, I understand yeah. you can't give us away the plot or anything like that in relation yeah. to the series, so I'm not, go- I'm not going to ask you anything in relation to that. But can you uh, talk to me about the characters and give me a brief outline of what the series is going to be about yeah. without giving anything away? Yeah, well, you know, it's actually written by the same, and imagine that comes from the mind of Kate O'Reardon, who was the creator of Smother. Kate is a novelist and screenwriter um, originally from Cork, who uh, lives in London now. Uh, and we had a tremendous time working with Kate uh, on Smother, you know, delivered a really kind of juicy kind of family drama. And when we got to the, you know, three seasons, I think, of any show is a, is a super successful kind of thing. And, you know, the the Danish and um, the Scandinavian kind of industry have a kind of almost rule that three is, is as much as you should make of any TV series. Um, so, you know, we were delighted to get to three on that. And then Kate pitched us this idea as we were coming to the end of filming Smother 3. Um, and it was set in a small town in a Lakeland kind of community, uh, uh, which obviously is why we began to look at Killaloo while we were actually still in the Hinch filming Smother. And it revolves around detective. Lucy is the character's name, played by Lisa Dwan. She is based in Dublin, and uh, for reasons of a sort of perhaps hot temper, um, is reprimanded and told she's going to be transferred out of Dublin. She's given various different choices. It's kind of a little slap on the wrist, and she chooses to come back to a town which is very close to where she grew up. And in the midst of all of that, there are some uh, there's some things that happen in that town uh, and case at one particular case that she begins to investigate uh, and we begin to wonder whether or not you know there is more to this than meets the eye. Uh, she's back in a small town and you know nobody really wants her there because she's kind of like I guess you know she's an, she's effectively an outsider now. And she has to find her way into working with the, the local police and investigate a murder. And we begin to imagine that there is maybe more to this than meets the eye. And we have six episodes of intrigue and drama, I'm sure, to look forward to with plenty of twists in between. Yeah, I'm, you know, I never would like to be uh, sort of too confident about these things because, you know, as I said earlier, you never know how things are going to go down, but I'm really proud of it. I think it's really very, very juicy and it has an awful lot of really, I think, compelling kind of character detail uh, and I think it looks beautiful. I think people, you know, part of the sport, I think, for people, certainly from La Hinch, when we did some of them, <laughs> recognising various places that they knew very well period on um, uh, the television screen and I think it'll be the same for people in and around Killaloo, Team, Team Rainey, Balana, you know, I think it looks really beautiful. I feel myself the story is really compelling and I think the performances are great. Lisa Dwan, who plays the lead, is fantastic. And Roy Keenan, who plays a local cop, Garda Keenan Furlong, who ends up being her partner when she moves back, is is a terrific actor as well. And there's lots of other great people. Stanley Townsend plays a sort of powerful local businessman. 
Stanley Townsend is a super, super actor, and I've wanted to work with him for ages. Uh, so I'm delighted we managed to attract these kind of people to the show and I'm really really excited to see what people make of it Great well listen that gives us a, an outline of what, what to look forward to and we said we have six episodes looking at the sights and sounds of East Clare Was every bit of it shot in East Clare or was anywhere shot elsewhere? There was literally one day shot in Dublin out of 13 weeks so um, the rest of it is all in and around yeah, our, our, our area. We just talk a little bit about what goes it goes into a six-episode series on TV. Ye are teamed up, if I understand correctly, with the BBC in relation to the financing of this. Is that the correct way of like, putting it? You know, I mean, we have none of these shows get made these days with just one financier. It's multi-party financing. That's how the business works these days. So, you know, more than fifty percent of the budget comes from RTE and Irish Screen, the Irish Tax Credit, and uh, an organisation called RAP, the Western Regional Audiovisual uh, Producers Fund. So, you know, we have a lot of the money. It's a really terrific time to be making television in Ireland because we have the support of Screen Ireland and RTE and organisations like RAP, and we have a tax credit. We already have a good bit of money before we go out into the marketplace, the international marketplace, and try and find the last piece, which is quite often the hardest piece to find, uh, unsurprisingly. Um, And we have a relationship with BBC Studios, which is the sort of sales arm of the BBC. They're a sales agency with offices in five continents. So, you know, they give us uh, a part of the budget as an advance on having the worldwide sales. So it's, it's a kind of, you know, equal parts or to Screen Ireland uh, and BBC Studio in terms of the finance. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's it's complex how these things get financed and it's, you know, part of the thing is what you're doing as a producer is trying to make sure that you're keeping an eye on the story and that, you know, uh, everything is as it should be in a creative sense, but you also have to be part lawyer, part accountant, uh, you know, uh, part dealmaker in order to pull those things up uh, all together and you know I produced the show with Rebecca O'Flanagan who's my partner in Treasure Entertainment uh, and uh, you know we kind of toss those things back and forth between us because you know at a certain point um, you know all the attention will be on closing the deal for your cash flow but you can't take your eye off the ball in terms of making sure that the story is working either so yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of different hats to take. And I, I presume then as well that the way that it works, your most recent show that you sold to Apple TV. So I take it the way that that goes is Apple TV have the exclusive rights to that for maybe a period of time. And like the yeah. show that you have coming on RTE uh, starting on Sunday, RTE have the rights to it, the initial yeah. rights, I presume. And then it's up to you to try and sell it worldwide. Is that correct? Well, it's up to it's up to our sales company, which is BBC Studios. Yes. You know, obviously, we know a lot of the buyers and we're out of the world meeting them, but when it comes down to selling this particular show, the sales agent is BBC Studios, and we let them get on with that because we're busy making other things and moving on to the second season, hopefully, of Blackshore. Uh, and we're just about to start another movie. And, you know, so they're very good at that. They're experts in that. Uh, and the last thing they need is pesky producers 
sticking their nose <laughs> where it's not wanted. So we just let them away with that and off they go. Uh, they, they know way more about okay, it. Okay, well, we'd say that they can count the beans uh, at the end of the day. You just go and make the art, I suppose, would be the way to describe it. Just in relation... We, we have to count the beans a bit as well. Yeah. In relation to that, Rob, a lot of extras uh, locally have been involved in the production. Can you just give us an outline of, you came to East Clare, I think around maybe March, April last year. Yeah. Uh, you were yeah. here for maybe three, three and a half months. Can you just give us an outline, we'll say, of exactly the number of people involved and the pre-planning that goes into it? Because I presume you have to look for locations, you have to look for houses, everything like that. To start with, we either, sometimes it might be myself or Rebecca or somebody else here in the company who finds a book or comes up with an idea themselves and, you know, uh, we begin to develop that. And that's the very beginning of something like Black Shore. In this instance, it was Kate O'Reardon just gave us a piece of paper and said, look, I have this idea that I think might make a, a, a good show uh, now that we're finished making some other... And we thought it was really compelling and something in, in the setup of it was just really fresh. And But then we began a journey of developing the story and that's literally months of sitting. I'm actually sitting in the writer's room in our office here, which has a big white wall where all the ideas for various things are written up on it. And, you know, we spend weeks and weeks, you know, months going back and forth with six or seven writers in a room with Kate and developing the story outline for the whole six episodes and what broad idea of what would happen in season two and season three if, we, if we're lucky enough to get to make those because that then forms part of the pitch in terms of pitching it to Orchie and Screen Ireland and BBC Studios is a sense of if this show works we have a very clear path of where we're going to go with season two and season three so that's the first part so that's even before we get to the point of having you know, any idea of whether or not it's going to happen, any finance in place, that's a, that's a good bit of work to get to the point of being able to make an approach to financiers. We, in this instance, we always, you know, in our minds, we always knew we were kind of developing it with Killaloo and the broad majestic Shannon and Lockdurg, all those kind of, and the iconography of that kind of landscape in mind. And so we had already kind of notionally in our head decided that that was where we're going to set it. Then as you get closer to the, the idea of becoming a reality and some of the money is in a place, we're down and starting to look more around the area. And we did a good bit of driving around the area in more detail. Some of that feeds into the script. And you probably, if you get to watch the six episodes, you'll probably see places where you go, oh, I'd say they might have had the idea for that when they saw that that location or whatever. Then, you know, for, for Black Shore season one, we were up and down from sort of, from Dublin from kind of November uh, and we started shooting it at the end of February, beginning of March. So be all told, we had a presence in the area for like six or six or seven months. But we really hit the ground running in terms of numbers coming into the area in the last two weeks before we started shooting. So all told, there's about 15 weeks because we shot for 13 weeks. So we were nearly four months of us having a sort of standing army of 60, 70 people blow-ins in the area. So we took every Airbnb, every hotel room, every, you know, every sofa in the in the area where we put people up. So it, it does, you know, it, people were so welcoming to us and 
every door was thrown open and there was a real enthusiasm about the idea of their town and their place being on a you know in a mainstream television show hopefully our presence there was was not hindrance to people's daily lives i don't think so i think i don't know how the bridge is getting on down there but it's certainly it seems to us that the place is going to change dramatically and you know even like the hinch was an established resort for sure you know before smother but there's definitely you know i've spoken to people there who were who were people we were close to when we spent three years making that show in Lynch, and they say there's definitely a kind of tourism uplift a kind of smother tourism thing of people kind of wanting to come and see the locations and see the house and do all that kind of stuff so i mean hopefully the same will they will not just be the benefit of us being in the area and spending money which, of course, is an undoubtedly an uplift to the local economy. And I think that's what's great about these regional shows. Like, we could not make these shows without the support of Screen Ireland. Uh, and because they have a regional fund that helps us pay for the accommodation. And likewise, uh, RAP, the RAP fund, again, a massive part of us being able to go into these uh, remote places, from you know, remote from the traditional centre of the business in Ireland, which is Dublin. Uh, and the idea, you know that we all have as filmmakers and producers and storytellers is that there would be hubs of the film and television industry outside of Dublin. So that, and certainly I know from the time that we spent working in the Hinch, we brought people through and trained them. People hadn't been in the film industry before. And I now know they're all working all over the place, but the idea is the persistence of a show like this in, in, in a region like Clare is that we bring suppliers and and creative and technical crew uh, on board with the idea of, you know, not just having the majority of TV and film made in Dublin. That it's made, you know, there's a studio in Limerick now, there's a hub in Galway. We really want to try and spread that out uh, and we hope people feel like we've done a good job uh, in terms of representing the area and hope they enjoy the show. But, uh, you know, and look forward to coming back. In in relation to the numbers you said you had working on the show, you're talking about uh, the production team when you're up and running in, in around 50 or 60 people. Is that correct? Upwards of 70. It depends. Like, it goes up and down because, you know, like, if we're, if we're doing water work, if we're out on the lakes, you know, suddenly we have an extra 15, 20 people because we've got all the safety stuff and the rigs that come with that. You know, if we're if we're doing a huge day, like, you know, if you're doing a big event where you have lots of extras and tons of extra people that come in to do that in terms of wardrobe and costume and makeup and hair and all that kind of stuff. So it's malleable, but the core group is, you know, certainly 60 people, uh, maybe 70 people when you include cast who are there over a long period of time. But small, you know, like a, like a big TV show might have 200 people of crew or 250 people, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you We're, you don't always have to have a big crew to have a good show, and sometimes small can no, be better. There's no excuse these days because the technology says that there's no excuse these days for not having, you know, high production values. But also, we just have such great cinematographers and designers in Ireland, and really world class. They can stand head and shoulders with anybody anywhere in the world, Hollywood, Bollywood, anywhere you like. They're just the best, and we. I suppose I've been in this industry long enough to have established relationships with the people who we love to work with and who we think are the, among the best people at what they do. So there's no reason really why you need 150, 200 people to make a show look good. You don't. 
you just need the right people. Well, that's very, very true. Like, like all good things, if you have the right people in place, you're, you're in the best position to succeed. Are all or the majority of the people that you had on the production, uh, would the majority of them be Irish? Uh, I know they're, they're obviously not all local. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Every single one of them. I'm trying to think of anybody. Um, you know, we, there are some people from, you know, mainland Europe who, who live and work in Ireland now. I think on Blackshore, yeah, all Irish. And some local, like there were certainly some people from uh, Smother who came up through uh, training on uh, on Smother uh, and ended up with us on Blackshore as well. So, you know, uh, some some local people as well. And it's great to see that young people, you know, seeing a career in film and television as a viable opportunity. You know, unlike when we were starting out and it seemed like it kind of, a ridiculous kind of proposition to try for being over nothing and suddenly here it is not just in Dublin but you know uh, right across the country there are people who can look see Ireland represented on screen because of all the great drama that what you making yeah uh, it, it, and see that as a viable choice and that 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 to me is what's really important in keeping the industry vibrant and fresh and real and making stories that reflect ourselves to ourselves you have to see it to be it. You know, it's that kind of thing of once you can see people doing this, you can go, you, if you're like 15 years of age and you're about to make your subject choices for believe in search and you, you can see this and you have an interest in it, well, it's, it's, then it's possible for you to consider it, you know. The style of cinematography that you use, does that vary from location to location or series to series? So we would try to have a sort of, Tonal consistency in terms of the cinematography, the design, the color palette. You know, we choose that before going in. And this, you know, this show is a kind of dark thriller noir. Uh, and so, you know, that informs the kind of look that we, you know, it's, you, if you tune into Blackshore, you won't be seeing bright, poppy kind of colors because, you know, it's set in rural Ireland in the winter. And it is about some pretty dark stuff. So, you know, uh, it's not going to be like watching, uh, you know, a mainstream comedy. It's going to have its own internal language. And Dahi Keane, our director, who did all of Smother and has done this, uh, is fantastic. Uh, he's, he's fantastically disciplined when it comes to figuring out how best to tell a story. And, you know, uh, he, you know, if you look at all his work outside of the work that he's done on television with us, you know, he's, you know, also he's a West of Ireland man. So, you know, he kind of understands the iconography of these places. He grew up in the Galpox in, in Galway. He's, you know, he knows what it's like to grow up in a town like Clare. So therefore he's incredibly sophisticated in the way that he represents that uh, for this story. Okay, well, pleasure, pleasure to work with. Well, we all look forward to uh, seeing the fruits of all your labours o- over the weekend. Just the last question I have for you, just in relation to the production side of things. You said you, you were on site for just short of four months, we say all, all in all. Yeah. To put the final six episodes together, post-production side of things, how long does that yeah. take or does that does that vary depending on the type of show? No, it's like it's pretty much like, you know, we're sort of, it's oh, it's a year kind of, like if you take soft prep, like I was saying to you, you know, we were down in November and December, it's six months to kind of 
shoot it and six months to post-produce it. So it's a year. There's post-process, it's been, there's not a lot of detail. I won't go into it, it'd be very boring for people, but you know, you do the pictures first and then you do the sound and the music. But all told, by the time you're finished editing the pictures, editing the sound, putting on the soundtrack, grading the pictures, doing the titles, you know, and delivering to OTE in this instance, who are our first uh, um, channel to broadcasters, back six months really, you know. The good news, as you alluded to earlier, is that you are going to be coming back for a season two. Can you give us a rough idea when that will be? When do you think? As far as anything is certain in this world, Luke, we are planning to do shoot season two in the autumn. In Um, the autumn, okay. You know, I mean, as all things, you know, storytelling, as I was saying earlier, writing scripts, doing all that kind of stuff, you know, it's a mysterious, inexact science. But as soon as we have the scripts ready, you know, uh, we hope to be making it. And our guesstimate is that we'll be, you know, let the summer pass so that uh, it's less busy down there because we we don't want to be a hindrance to the the tourism industry and, you know, trying to accommodate ourselves in peak season, which we couldn't afford and I just wouldn't be space. So the combination of the two of those things is we're aiming to be there, you know, setting ourselves up. And, you know, towards the end of September, beginning of October. That's Which would probably mean that uh, all going well, that season two would probably be headed for maybe September, October, the following year. Would that be? That's kind of thing. Now, obviously, if, if people wanted faster than that, there are ways to speed it up. But, you know, that kind of, that sort of feels like about the right timeline. And it's yeah. a good time to premiere a show as well. Yeah, okay. Well, listen, there are lots of people around East Clare uh, side as well, I'm sure, all over the country. We can't wait to see it. Uh, We look forward to watching it on Sunday night for the next six weeks. And uh, we look forward to seeing you back around uh, at the end of the summer for season two and see what else you can come up with and what great stories you tell. Rob Walpole, Treasure Entertainment, it's a pleasure been talking to you and hopefully we'll talk to you again in the near future. So thank you very much. Thanks a million for having me on and uh, I hope people enjoy the show and uh, very much look forward to being back down there. We both know you're here to take a little slap. I'm absolutely certain you didn't ask for here. Actually, I did. I thought it was time to come home. She's back. The Lucy girl is back. 20 years ago, there wasn't an awful lot going on in this little town. I stood on the bridge thinking, how can we make this a place people flock to? A lot of men are going to be looking into their cornflakes this morning, wondering if the guards are going to knock on their door. As part of our investigation, we're very keen to locate this young woman and making sure that she is safe. How would you respond to questions about your suitability, given your personal history with a similar case here in Blackwater? You mean the death of my family? Everyone knows her father killed that Chloe Whelan girl. Their babysitter goes missing, and the next day, Jack Lucy goes and kills his family. Drugs, young girls, it's a sickness you have. We're in this now. Blackshore starts Sunday 4th of February on RTE 1 and RTE Player. This is Deborah Dudgeon here in Killaloo and I'm here with Noreen Bingham from the Ishka Productions uh, who are here filming Blackshore in Killaloo. They've been here since February, Noreen. Well, I've been here since February, but some of them, the production, have been actually here since January. Wow, and now it's the middle of June, I so know. that's four and a half months. Four and a half months, where's it gone? Well, I got to know you here when when you came to dress my house, which was used as the doctor's house. That's Kinkora House B&B on Church Street, which is now not a B&B anymore. But uh, I met Noreen and I 
asked her, what did she do? And she said she was the prop buyer. And I went, what a job, because I love <laughs> buying old furniture and, you know, pouring through stuff in charity shops and things and discovered there's actually a job out there that pays, pays Absolutely. you to do this. <laughs> it does. It does. It's really enjoyable. It's very, very interesting. Um, I liken it to being a detective. Yeah. Because once you get a script and you have a vision from the production designer, I'm reading the scripts. Yes. And I'm pinpointing to myself, okay, I see where the director and the production designer are going with this and the look and the feel that they want for it. So it's my job then to go out and source as much as I can uh -huh. possible, which sort of mimics the vision that they, they have. have or the intention is that what you said is there an intention sheet or an intention something the production designer Inner. will do normally what they call intentions so intentions. what, what yeah. that entails is that you go out and recce which is you recce your locations okay like they did here in this like house like they did here yeah we go back and we will normally photograph it uh -huh. normally it would be maybe the art director and sometimes i will go and photograph it myself um, and the production designer will come up with the intentions of how each set is to wow, look. Great. So basically you would go into maybe like a room we have here uh -huh. and decide, oh, in order to reflect the colour and the vision that both the director and the production designer have to tell the story, uh -huh. um, that they might change the wall colour. Oh, lovely. Yeah. They might take out the furniture uh -huh. and replace it with something else. Yes. It yeah. might be, if it's a period piece, obviously they'll take out any modern furniture uh -huh. and put in something more to reflect the time. That you can't have that glaring, as, uh, I think we discussed this before, that there are people watching for continuity problems. Absolutely. So looking for that wrong, say that um, that a camera that wasn't in, produced until 1980 in a 1970s drama. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So you can really get caught. Oh, by you these. can very yeah. much so. Yeah. Or I was working, uh, watching a program one time and it was based uh, around the 1916 uh, revolution, uh -huh. or 1916 rising. rising. Yeah. And uh, there was somebody wearing a digital watch. Oh <gasps> my God, that's terrible. <laughs> I don't think they made yeah. them then. I no. don't think so. No. <laughs> I know technology moved on pretty well within the 20th century, but I don't think it went that fast. Gosh, that was some glitch, wasn't it? It was. And yeah. But how they didn't even spot, spot it, it in the edit yeah. is the other side of it. Yeah. But I suppose your job is to, to not have edits. You know, you want to make sure that everything is right. Well, absolutely. So that you don't yeah. create an additional edit. And yeah. everything that I source, uh -huh. I would normally put through the production designer okay yeah and anything that's important like maybe an action prop or a specific piece of furniture that's used a lot or it would normally a lot. yeah uh -huh. go through the director too okay. double checked yeah well it, it's it's their vision at the end yes, of the day it is, yeah. um and you know it's to help tell the story the narrative yeah um so i am trying to, to source pieces to fulfill so their requirements. So it is like being a detective. It is, yes. And it's a, I, I spent a day with Noreen. We were rooting through the, the skips up at Scarf Recycling <laughs> looking for dirty old electronics and everything. And I realised, and then, then we had to go to Nina, That's to correct. the charity shops. Mm -hmm. Then we went to Woody's for spray paint. 
Then we went to Mr. Price for coloured envelopes. That's correct. Then we went to Silver Mines for suitcases. (laughs) And then eventually we ended up at the location. And had to, luckily we had my van, it was great. But unloading all this booty as such, like it felt like treasures. Oh, and we went to the, the Vincent de Paul depot, the That's actual correct, yeah. hub, and got the lovely suitcases. But it was some day, it was a long day. It was a long day, yeah. yeah. And, but great fun. But still, if you were doing that every day, and then dressing the set and everything, getting it ready, mm. getting it ready for shooting. Like I know here, I think there was a two-day lead time to getting That's stuff correct, ready. That's yeah. Yeah, and then suddenly, bang, they're filming. And you're off set then? You're gone? I'm gone, yes. Yeah. Out sourcing for the next, next set. set. Absolutely. Yeah. But within that, I could be away and something might be needed for a set, so I will get a call. Yes. Now, I would normally have one or two people with me. Uh-huh. It really does depend on the size of the production. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I could be on my own. I'd have to drop Every- something, like everything and get something if it's needed yeah. to set as soon as possible. There are time constraints and pressures There's that way. Big pressures because you have a whole, you have the film, you have the sound guy, you have everything oh, rolling absolutely. as such. So you have, to, you have to get it done. And that's, that's one thing I noticed when they were filming here, that there was, any time I asked someone, what are you, I'm, I'm like the second director, I'm the third director, I'm the, uh, the second location guy. I noticed that, like there was three of everyone practically, but it, it ran like a, an oiled machine, like everyone knew what they were doing. Well, it has to because once the camera starts, yeah. I mean, it really is money, 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 it money. Yeah. It's money in relation to that you've got cast there. Expensive actors, Ab- say. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, and you can't afford... To, no. to down tools no not no. even for an hour because that hour that you lose uh, you have to make it up at some stage yeah, yeah. if you lose a day you have to make that up at some stage uh-huh. so it's costing money yeah, yeah. it's it's fascinating it's a whole side of life i never knew and like did you you didn't you weren't always involved in tv production were you no well initially i started off in rte and my mum got sick uh-huh. a number of years ago so i came back to Killarney where I'm from okay and I was working or I was volunteering in the credit union uh-huh. at the time and out of that when I went back mm-hmm. I went into the credit union okay and I was there for what, 15 years and I oh, made my okay. way up to manager and then my post changed in that it was changed from manager to CEO and I got the opportunity okay. of taking redundancy oh lovely which I took yeah so then I went back and I retrained uh-huh. and I did radio production oh. and sound <laughs> so what you are doing that, here yes. i'm normally asking the questions well, yes, okay. so i the shoe is on the, the other, other foot, foot today as they say <laughs> i hope my questions are okay so yeah. i did that and out of that um i met a gentleman one evening and he was doing video production mm-hmm. so we got together and we started doing short films okay which became quite successful and oh, we won right. quite a number of awards and out of that I started designing our own short films and I went back to Limerick School of Art and Design in 2019 and I did a level nine there, a postgrad in art direction and film. And from that, it led me on to getting a job on Joyride. Joyride was a film Film or TV? Okay. uh, Olivia Coleman. Oh, lovely, Olivia. Yes. Yes, and it was in my own backyard, as they say. It was filmed in in Tralee. Oh, in Tralee, yeah. And all that hinterland there. more truly and, and um, North What Kerry. did you do in Joyride? What was your role there? I was actually a petty cash buyer. Okay. So basically 
out buying. So yeah, so that's how I got into doing this side of it. So that was the petty cash buyers within the props department. So that's you correct. have the prop buyer, the art director, well, the prop buyer, the, how does it go? The structure of the art department mm. is first and foremost you have your production designer. Okay. So on this it was Mark Kelly. Okay. Yes. And then you had your art director. Yes. Who was Dermot. Okay. And then you had off that you uh, had a, a trainee art director. Uh, yeah. That we had which was Shanna. Oh okay. Met. Yes. Uh, then you go my side, which uh, was the production buyer, which was me. Uh-huh. And then I had Cecily Kenny, who yeah. was a, a trainee. Uh-huh. But in between that, I had, uh, had an r- assistant buyer okay. for a number of weeks, which was Neil. Oh, Neil yes. Malachny, and you, you had Rachel Neil. as well, didn't and you? And Rachel, yes. yes, slipped in as well. Yes, yes Rachel Ryan. So you were all, all of you were kind of hitting the road or, you know, going sourcing this and that and Absolutely. the other. Absolutely. Yeah. And of course, the other side of that then, you have the prop master oh, who was Keith, Keith oh, uh, for the, uh, for those that didn't meet Keith or didn't know Keith there was a, a man with his three sons working with him that's correct fantastic yes. that's great yes. so he sorry he is the prop master he's then. the prop master so yeah. he oversees the prop room okay so the prop room is where everything that's mm, sourced the treasure trove <laughs> goes it? into the yeah. prop be it if it's borrowed hired bought this is pre-setting up a location or a set and then you do what's called a strike. You strike a set. You strike a set. I love yeah. all the lingo. <laughs> so you you strike it as in you just take it down. You take it down. And, and you put back. We would have photographed, come in here as you saw us. Yes. Photographing everything. The before, way it was. The way it was. Yeah. And everything is put back. Yeah. Even to, as I was saying earlier, uh, and if we painted the wall oh there, yeah. say grey, and paint it back to its I original know. colour. I remember Sean, the location guy, saying that to me when he was checking out the big bedroom up there, which was used as one of the the, the sets. And he was saying, look, if they don't like the colour, it is that uh, kind of orangey colour, they'll paint it. And I was going, oh, great. And he said, but they'll paint it back again. And I was going, no, <laughs> no, I might. And I know that happened on one of the locations. The The owner of the house was absolutely thrilled absolutely with the new colour. Absolutely thrilled colour and didn't want us to touch no. it, which we didn't. We just left which it for the lovely. person. It is, yes. So a tip to anyone, if you're picked as a location, be cross your fingers, your house might get painted. Yeah, <laughs> it could possibly. <laughs> for free. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But then again, there is the chance you mightn't like the colour. <laughs> and you could end up going, what the hell? But at least they paint it back. Yes, they do. And I noticed that here, like you had to hang curtain rails and stuff. Like everything was put back. The Keith's son, Luke, was here filling holes, painting. So professional and so kind of, you, you trusted you implicitly. You know, absolutely. that you had that faith. And I could see why. You, you have to do it. You can't leave someone's house no, altered. No, But still, it's nice to know you're in good hands. It, it's good to know if you're ever back here again. Absolutely. You never know. Yes. Now, talking about the structure of the, the TV production and all the different roles, as a result of Blackshaw being filmed here, I started looking at TV credits, which I never was bothered with before. But I was so curious. Oh, there's that job, job, job title. There's that one. But there was ones like Focus Puller and... Best Boy, which I'd really never come across before. And I thought, Focus Puller makes no sense in modern digital age. No, but it's all harking back to, to the days of old when they first started. Yeah. Yeah, so like, they're still there. The roles are still there, the but they, they're, still not there. The sa- they're not the same roles. They're slightly different. Yeah. But they carry that kind of name, which Absolutely. is lovely. Like you have another one, a gaffer, basically. The electrician. Yeah. is a gaffer, yeah. And the Best Boy is a... What's he do? Um, He's lighting, is he? He's lighting, yeah. Yeah. Best boy and focus puller then is involved Obviously, with, with the, the camera. camera, but an assistant to the 
photographic director, I wonder, or well, Norma to to the um the the DOP, the, the yeah. director of of photography. Of photography, you see, that's another one. So he's in the production side, or he's in the well, that, they, where's the director? The, where does the director sit over everything? Well, the director so, would be the boss per se okay. of of the crew. Everybody. Heels to the director, sure. shall we say? Yes, yeah. Because it's the director, it's the master, is, is the master. Yes. yes. Who sets the tone? Who's yes? Now the director on this doc, he was also the director on Smother, which That's is cool. very popular and ran for three seasons. Mm-hmm. He pitches to the likes of RT. This is funded by RT and BBC. It's a co-production. A co-production. And yeah. It's BBC and Treasure Entertainment on behalf of RTE. Oh, so okay. there's there's like the three folks. There's Treasure, RTE and BBC. And then Ishka are commissioned to do it, say. Or Ishka is the company that formed. is formed. Just for this. Just for this. Okay. So once this is finished. Yeah. It will Ishka is no longer. Is no longer. Yeah. And that's for what the time being. When me and you were discussing this, like, it's nearly like on a reality series where everyone's thrown into a big house together. They all have to get a job done and then they all leave. Absolutely. You have a huge task ahead of you. You're all, you were sharing a house with Dermot. That's correct. Which is great because Dermot's such a a lovely young fellow. He's the art director who was, who is an architect also. That's correct. Which is really interesting. But he said the skills apply across the, which is interesting. Of course they do. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But it's just that, yeah, everyone's lumped together. Huge job, huge stress. Huge success at the end of it, you know, when it when it's complete and oh, that sense of fulfillment. Yeah. So you've formed a very strong team that has a. It's it's just a, I'd say it'd be a very interesting psychological or sociological <laughs> study, and then all gone to the four winds. But you've made contacts, and so you'll you'll come across these people in other productions, and they'll think of you. Absolutely. She was good. I'll I'll get her for this job. It's an industry where where the mouth is huge. Huge. There's no CVs or anything. They don't matter as much. Not as much. No. Maybe no. for trainee roles, but yeah. where the mouth is huge. Yeah. I mean, I got quite a number of calls while I was on it. <laughs> I didn't have to turn them down. Then you're finished here, and then you're you're going on to another foot paid production as I well. Am. Yes. Yeah. I'm going back over to Wicklow. Uh, um, we were in Newtown on Kennedy last year, okay. filming um, crime drama again. But there were two. Uh, one and a half hour TV films back to back. Okay. And that's an Irish and German co-production. It's called Irish Crimes. Very good. And did you say to me that's she's speaking in German and everyone else is and, speaking in English? And yes. Yeah. But the subtitle her German bits. Yeah. Very good. Yes. So you're back. And how long will that take? That will take me into December, the middle of December. And then perhaps you'll be back here then. And then, <laughs> no, the cliffhanger. The cliffhanger. <laughs> we think. Well, I can say it anyway. That the production company have asked me is the house next door free again. So they must have a, so an I inkling. Think that's a good sign, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> and maybe, maybe Doctor Whelan, who was the character that lived here with his wife Marjorie, might be back as well. Who knows? Yeah. Who so knows? That'll be good fun. I, I, the fun I had when they were filming was that. I had to stop, This you can probably hear this now, stop the dogs barking while they were, my Billy's bark carries a long way. Olivia Coleman, going back to her, you know, she's in everything practically. She seems to be a very busy actress. I would say she's very busy to be she's quite a, honest. But she's, but she's, she seems lovely. I've never seen her play a baddie. She's always been a character you kind of like. 
She was wonderful, to be quite honest. She? she was. There was yeah. no fuss, no airs, yeah. no graces oh, about her. Nice. Um, and that's what it should, how she comes across, actually. Yes. As a character. What you character see on screen is, yeah. is genuine. It's actually what she's like in, oh, in real life. Isn't that nice? Um, so far as that, even to the rap party, she came to the rap party. Did she? She did. Aww. So, so she'd get down and dirty with the crew, like whereas other actors <laughs> mightn't. They might go, no, yeah. they're below me, or they're not. I'm not part of that gang, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah no, she was absolutely yeah. lovely. And what was the name of that film? Did it's I called could... Joyride. It so. should be coming up on something, I would okay. imagine. When was it released? It was released last year, last summer. Oh yes, that'll be coming on the service. So I would soon. imagine it yeah. should be on. Oh, we'll keep an eye soon. out for yes. your name in the credits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was asking when you were wrecking the graveyard. This is the process here. It was the first, the location guy, you know the process, but the location guy, then Dahi, the director, and Mark, the production that director, came to us at the house. And then they had a, a film crew walkthrough, so the, the, the filming guys. Actually, I don't, didn't know any of those, but, you know, I didn't see them again, did the walkthrough. But then there was a full walkthrough of the whole production That's people. correct. Yeah. That was the day I met you, I'd say. Then we went down to the cathedral, and I was asking one of the lads when we were standing around the Rosusson at the graveyard um, about being on the credits and saying, sure, no one wants to watch the credits. And he said, well, I do to see my name there. And You'd be surprised who yeah. actually do watch the credits. But surely the people in the industry watch the credits. Oh, they'll to always say, watch the credits. Yeah. They will. Yeah. But I've been in the cinema and I've actually sat and, uh, waited. Sat and waited and watched the credits. Really? I have. And I'm not the only one. Beyond, there the, will beyond all... the actors. Absolutely. The there will yeah. always be a certain amount, Aww. a cohort of people that watch credits. Really? That's lovely. It's nice to have your name up there. After all, the work you know it is important <laughs> oh without yeah. a doubt it yeah. is yeah. yeah yeah to be acknowledged and let me see so anyway you you love Killaloo you've definitely you oh, said I've, that about the community I've fallen in love with it I have we were saying that the other day about how a lot of Irish dramas are either filmed at the seaside or in the in the city or else kind of in the wilds of Connemara you know a house like that that one actually Sean was involved in the location of that one Similar wild Irish time. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Sean found that location, but again, a, a location in the middle of nowhere. Mm. But instead, Killaloo is inland, and uh, as is Tumgrainy for your filming, they're all they're both inland, and you were saying they have a certain feel. Like they have they... a different feel to it. It's yeah. quite picturesque, but it's it's calming. Is it? It is That's calming. That's important to us. Yeah. Um, we had a rap party last Friday night uh-huh. and they showed what they call bloopers yes, where people make mistakes. mistakes yeah. And looking at it on screen, oh. it looked absolutely gorgeous. Isn't this wonderful? Now, I suppose some of it is to the fact of that, the way that it's been shot by yes. JJ, who okay. is the director of photography. Okay. It's beautifully shot by him. Is it? The framing of it is, is gorgeous yeah. too. But you have gorgeous landscape. We do. We do with the hills and I with the water. The hills with the water. Oh, yeah. Um, the forests. Yeah. It, it's beautiful. Yeah. It um, is. Like we all love it. And it's just, it's great that an outsider coming in and spent so long here. And apart from, yeah, the, the great community we have, but also the, the super setting we have. You know? It's fabulous. It really it is. is. And it lends itself to the storyline in such mm. a way in that because it's a crime drama okay and you're allowed to tell us this now yeah you tell oh, us a little bit a little <laughs> it's a crime drama so uh-huh. if there's a crime drama obviously there's going to be a murder yes or two yeah uh you are lulled in okay because of 
the setting is so peaceful it's peaceful it's graceful so you're going to get the shock then so (laughs) obviously yes yeah yeah so it's good for that it is good for that and I think it's part and parcel why maybe some of the locations were chosen chosen. and predominantly why the area was actually chosen chosen. well you said the head of BBC drama that's correct he visited here Michael Park was here wow and and loved it and loved the area isn't that fantastic so Killaloo could become, and you know, others could say we'll film there as well. I would say why not? Yeah, I know. I know. Sean said that to me. He said like d- directors or whoever. Yeah, once they've worked in an area once and it's easy to work in it, why not go back there again and do something even different? And I suppose he's correct. Yeah, and as you say, the the how it's framed and filmed the next series could be framed and filmed differently, so it doesn't look like they're identically the same place. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it'd be great. Imagine if we had all of you again and again. Like, we've loved you as much as you've loved us. You know, we really have. Oh, that's enjoyed. To hear. Like, here on Church Street, we have the production director. Is that right? Christine. Christine. Uh, production manager. manager. Christine. And now Noreen is living next door for a little while. Prior to the, her, there was Mia and Karen, who were late entries. They came in. Mia was a shadow director. That's She'd correct. moved from documentary. She wanted to learn drama, so she was shadowing Dahi. Mm-hmm. And Karen then was an assistant director. That's correct. Costume and makeup or something, I think, was she? Or No, we've had so many different people come and go. I've <laughs> nearly lost that. track of it myself, it to be quite honest. Like you have, there was like 30 or 40 of you living here in Killaloo and Ballina. There, Yeah. So like you were a big dent on the population, you know, you were a big impact on the population. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. We had a big, a fairly big um, crew. Yeah, yeah. But then again, I mean, it's six episodes. It's a lot of It's filming. a lot. That was another thing that anyone listening to this, I, I should have realised, but I didn't, that you don't film linearly like, no. you know, this is what happened on Tuesday, <laughs> so we'll film it on Tuesday and Wednesday. So all the scenes that were filmed here for the two days were all the scenes involving Doctor, the Doctor and Marjorie That's that correct. took place in their home. That's correct. And, and some of them were from episode one. Yes. Some of them were from episode three. Yeah. And some of them were from episode six. That wrecked my head. <laughs> I thought, how could you? Who's going to patch all this together? But there is an editing team. There is. And they're editing as we go. And they were, are they up in, in Killaloo as well? Or they, they were in the production office above. Wow, yeah. That really, that, that, that really made me think, feel a bit sick. I was going, <laughs> how do you make it, make a sense of it? But they have spreadsheets and spreadsheets and numbers oh, and pages and yeah. all sorts. It's super organised, but it yeah. has to be for yeah. it to work. For sure. And that continuity, now that, that makes it harder as well, because you're not filming linearly. Linearly, I can't even say that. But you're filming, so you have day, day, episode two, and the doctor has to be wearing what he should be wearing on, or he can't have his. It's, it's just, again, continuity. Continuity and, is yeah. a huge and, thing. And obviously. to imagine these people out there spotting this, and if the editor doesn't catch it and cut it, then it goes out into the public realm and people go, oh, Thus, look. you have two people on set. You will have oh, script continuity yes. and you will have a continuity person. Okay. So, yeah. yes. Uh, and, and each department, like costume, would ensure uh, that the costume for the day is correct. correct. Yeah. So um, imagine the list. Like oh, the without list a doubt. Are, I mean, yeah. we, have, we would have a standby props person. Okay. Um, on behalf of us that oh, would ensure set. that... Yeah everything is there that should be there for yeah. the day and that it's correct. Wow, it's crazy. You know, when I was watching them filming out the window here, when they were at the house and there was police, the, the detective and the policeman, I think, mm-hmm. and they both got onto either side of the car 
I noticed that they had to film from the driver's side and then they had to film from the passenger side. So they were having a conversation. So he was, they have to do this conversation twice or three times or four Absolutely. times depending. So every time now that I'm watching TV and I'm going, they didn't have that conversation, you know, that was filmed from this angle and then filmed well, from Well, you've all angle. different shots. You've got yeah. long shots, medium shots. Uh, close-ups yeah yeah so the point the POV or the point of view, view yes um for a conversation could be taken from six oh. or seven different angles but that has to be repeated over and over again yes, it does so you don't have 10 cameras on them because the cameras would be in the shop then so you have to it's it's really it, it teaches you how to watch tv and it kind of spoils it for it you spoils it because I'm yeah I will constantly look at a film or yeah. a TV program and you know how they filmed it I well I know you but yeah I would be also be critical yeah to the point of it spoils it in some I know respects. that you're not concentrating on the story instead you're looking I'm at looking at the props and I'm going oh that it shouldn't be there or that's slightly oh, moved. No. <laughs> <laughs> well the way I'm looking at them now is say they have a scene in a house I'm going, they filmed all that in, in, in three or four days. Like, that's not right. They let it all happen. I'd be taking it quite literally like this is not. But it is so interesting, Laurie. The big question is, are you returning? And as you say, there are hints out there. There that, are hints, definitely. Yes. And well, we the do. rumblings are good. Yeah. Shall we say that? And oh, yes. When will it come on our TV screens? It's Probably going to be next year, so it's probably going to be maybe January, February time. Okay. It's going to slot in to the Sunday night slot that okay. Kin or Smother would have been so on. So that's a prime so slot. So that it's a prime slot. <gasps> it is. Killaloo, but it's going to be prime time. So Noreen, thank you very much. You're welcome. And thank you. We are going to miss you, but we won't. We won't say goodbye. You know, we'll be back. No, it's just yeah. um, farewell for a little while. Yes. Can I just say something, yes. though, um, on behalf of myself, but particularly on behalf of the production company, uh -huh. thank you to everybody Aww. in Killaloo, yeah. in Scariff and the surrounding areas. You were all wonderful. You made our job so, so easy. And it was an absolute pleasure. It oh. really was. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And it was our first experience of filming and you've made it very pleasant for us too. I hope so. it was happy. Oh, it was, definitely. Yeah, we definitely. really enjoyed it. You, you sprinkled stardust in Killaloo. Like no one minded when the streets were closed. You know, before, you know, if you, and actually the day they were filming here, the ESB came and started digging up the footpath. That's correct. I'll never forget oh, that. And this was the very first day of filming. That's right. That wasn't a good omen for how things <laughs> were going to go. But the ESB guy play, guys played along with it. Like they were really happy to stop drilling when they were filming. They were they really They helped. were great in fairness yeah. to them. And yeah. they could have said no. No, because they had a job to, to do. do too, and they yeah. were on time constraints yeah. also. So, yes. so it was really kind of oh, this is the first day, and look what's happened. And but it didn't. It all went smoothly. No. Yeah. So definitely you sprinkled stardust and it all worked out for the best. Well, it, it landed on, on good soil, yes. shall we say. Oh, thank you, Noreen. And You're that welcome. was lovely, lovely interview. Thanks again.